Kia ora, and welcome to Tech Bytes for March 2024. I'm talking with Jason Paris, CEO of One New Zealand. Uh, this is the third time I've talked with Jason for Tech Bytes, um, but we cover where things have gone, where things are going for One NZ, Starlink, and the Warriors. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Uh, well, kia ora everyone and welcome to this month's Tech Bytes uh, conversation that I have with um, a digital leader in New Zealand and it's my great pleasure and privilege to be talking to you, mate, Jason Paris. Once again, great to talk to you. Look, we last spoke in April 2021. I thought it was sooner than that, but it's actually three years. Um, in the midst of that pandemic, we had no idea how long it would go for. And actually, I just checked this morning. You were the first person we did in this series of podcasts way back in 2020. So we started back in those lockdown days. Whew. What an honour. And I was just yeah. going to say, uh, Craig, um, you try to get a digital leader but couldn't get one, so you've got me on instead. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> no, no, you know, you're a, big, you're a big name in the business, mate. Uh, look, I've looked over the questions that I did ask then, so I thought I'd ask some of them again, but we've got some new ones as well. And look, yes, we'll talk about the Warriors at some point because, you know, you can't, the words. Yeah, you can't do that with old super fan Jason Paris. Look, I'm back in 2021. I asked you how you coped with 2020. But look, honestly, we didn't even know at that point we we're going to have this long tail to the pandemic, particularly in Auckland. Mm-hmm. How did it change you as a person and, and as a leader? Wow, it's a big question, uh, quite significantly. So uh, the first thing is uh, I realised something about myself personally uh, is that when I'm under stress, which COVID created a lot of stress for everyone, um, I become insular and I actually should be more open. So uh, what I decided to do that I needed to uh, fix everything and solve everything. And so I was working crazy hours. Um, I was uh, ignoring the family, locking myself at my in that point in time in my in my uh young child's bedroom and um and that wasn't healthy uh and I wasn't as productive as I as I as I should have should have been and then that was the first lockdown second lockdown got a little bit better but still not uh still not not perfect and then coming out of COVID coming back into um into the workforce I really realized I get my energy from other people uh that when it gets tough uh, I need other people around me I need to be more open less insular and um, uh, and I'm still I'm, I'm still working on that, but I'm getting a whole heap better at it. That's really fascinating because um, I've I've written in the new members newsletter today. I found a, an academic article that talks about hybrid working and glide time, um, saying that two days a week at home is probably the right number um, for the maximum productivity. That if you work at home all the time. It's easily distracted, and if you work in the office all the time, you're not as productive as these. So that's a that's a fascinating little conversation yeah. to have. Yeah, some of your um, uh, some of you watching this are probably aware we're in um, a dispute at the moment with um, one of the unions. Uh, it's a small percentage of the of the workforce, but everyone is um, is important. And like our contracts say, five days a week in the office, but um, one of our um, one of the attractions of working for One New Zealand is uh, the freedom that we provide. And we have done that even before the pandemic, to be, to be honest. But we're like you. We've worked out that um, three uh, three days in the office is about right and that the team should self-determine what days they are because uh, – and they can be flexible every week, you know, depending on what on what you're working, what you're working on. 
um, or actually what's happening in your life, right? Sometimes you've got sick kids or something, or you've just got a project that you just don't want people to come up and try and have a cup of, cup of tea with you. You just need to be focused. And so having kind of flexibility within that construct is, uh, is important, but uh, we believe in it. Uh, we think it's uh, you, you, that kind of mixes the most productive, best for mental health, um, best way to train and uh, and bring people through the organisation is actually having them be able to sit beside you and uh, or listen to the conversations around them. So, um, like you, we think that kind of three two is about right. Yeah, cool. Look, I didn't mean to get onto that topic, but yeah, no, now that we've good. got on, yeah, now we've got onto those sorts of things. You know, we've seen a lot of change. I mean, last time I talked to you, it was Vodafone. Yeah. Uh, so now one. Um, what are the big significant changes that you've made that you think are setting uh, one up for the future? Well, you know, uh, um, again, uh, contrary to uh, media, uh, I actually think our service has got significantly better, like to the point we publish, I think we're the only telco that uh, publishes our daily service results. You know, so that that looks at things like how many calls are coming in, uh, how many of them were fixed first time, repeat calls, transfers, etc. Because uh, we're significantly better than than we were, you know. And I, even just the barbecue test, you know, when I first started in this job five years ago, um, my, I used to kind of had to allow the first twenty minutes for people to complain. Uh, and now, um, yeah, I still got the odd the odd odd, odd complaint, but. Um, I actually normally get to enjoy the barbecue uh, now, which is which is which is a good which is a good sign. So I think service, uh, but we're still a long way from where we want to get to. So you know, we talk a little bit of like, when was the last time you called Netflix? Well, never. We're a digital service. Why should anyone need to call us? You know. So how do you design service out of your products? Um, leadership and five G, uh, big thing. The use cases haven't come as fast as we thought they would. You know, so clearly it's about speed and latency, but we thought there would be um, faster advancements in things like remote robotics. I think AI has driven uh, more of an, uh, a technology a transformation than, than 5G has. Probably the biggest use case in 5G is uh, private virtual networks. So you can actually carve out little kind of like mini networks within your pipe. And dedicate them to uh, to businesses in the, in the main. That's probably the biggest use case we're seeing in, in New Zealand and and, uh, and internationally. And then I think on that um, on that network side, our partnership with SpaceX is going to be a, a game changer. It's um, a few months ahead of schedule, and you know New Zealanders we're a nation of explorers, and so uh, being able to have connectivity when you need it uh, through your smartphone in your pocket is going to be a big thing as well. So that'd be the three things I think service. Uh, network and then their partnership with SpaceX. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in that 5G one. We won't talk more about it today, but you know there were. You're right about the use cases. I see that out of Mobile World Congress, the three major tech provider uh, network providers are saying they can now do the network slicing. But uh, we'll wait and see how when that gets delivered. Yeah. Um, those of you watching this would have seen it was a bit dark before I had a power outage. It's just suddenly come back on. So, <laughs> but we'll keep going. Now, look, you've been the CEO of your organisation for five years and four months. I checked LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. But I did notice this morning that Sipta Nadella had been the CEO of Microsoft for 10 years. Uh, and then I'm in my um, 10th year as well. Uh, but anyway, look, coming back to you, because it's about you, not me, what keeps you going each day to go to work again? 
I love it. Like, seriously, uh, it might be a bit of imposter syndrome. I still cannot believe I'm in this role. Like, and actually, to be honest, most of my mates are going, how the hell did you get this job as well, who know me really well? So they keep me pretty grounded. Um, and I think, you know, again, we talked about the pandemic. Uh, we were just reminded of how what we provide, how important it is to the country through the cyclone, what we provide, how important it is to the to the country. So it's not difficult to get motivated when you see the positive and negative impacts that connectivity and the applications that run on the technology can have. So uh, we're a very purpose-driven uh, organisation. Uh, um, our owners, so, you know, you want to work for good people. I've had a couple of, mainly probably one stint in my career, where uh, there was a values mismatch with the people that I was reporting to. And um, that's definitely not the case now. You, you know, they are just fantastic human beings that really care deeply about the success of this country over the long term. So that's cool. And um, the biggest, I think, uh, uh, and I've still got lots of ideas, as my team would tell you, which are not always great ideas, but I'm still just as passionate now as I was on on um, in, in, in day one. And then my children would say, our partnership with Live Nation, where they can sometimes get free music tickets. So um, that's the most important thing for them. <laughs> I keep saying um, I keep saying to people, my board always has great ideas, and I have to deal with those. Um, and then my team is the same as yours. You know, like you have great ideas, Craig, but that one's not going to that one's not going to quite fly. So I know they manage me now with a yes, great idea, JP, but not now. I hear that <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Oh dear. Hey, let's go back to five G because, as you said, it's been coming for a while, and I know they're talking six G, but we still haven't seen the promise of five G yet. I mean, what enhancements or new features do you think we're going to see in that space in the next year or so? I think it's actually uh, it's going to be through the immediacy of the AI applications that are that are needed now. You know, so AI being deployed across everything, everywhere is going to, um, in a lot of instances, rely on massive amounts of data being delivered without latency. Mm. Um, the compute power that's going to be required. And I think fiber is a really important part of that infrastructure, but then so is, I think, the 5G connectivity mm-hmm. that you can use to infill um, because fiber can't get can't get everywhere. So that's how I that's why I think that it will start to explode. You know, I've, um, it's interesting. It's never the network engineers that create the innovation. It's always the the market that you hand that platform over to. Uh, so I think 5G times AI will equal the use cases uh, use cases coming coming through, and that's it's probably the area that we're most excited about, Craig. And we've like, we've we've deployed the variations of AI within our organisation for quite some years now. Whether it's you know data data led and analytics, or robotic process automation, or um, uh, or natural language um, or generative AI, but we're now seeing that hype has become reality. Um, we sent one of our leaders somewhere across to Oxford to do a master's in AI over a year ago in preparation for this coming. She's now been promoted to our executive team. She's um, 
hiring and uh, and developing a much larger part of our organization and scaling those use cases. So she's working very closely with Tony, who's our CTO, on AI, five by five G now, and and um and how this data explosion uh, will um yeah will we'll, how our networks can enable it. Mm. Summer gave a great um, presentation to our tech summit last year. So, um, oh, nice. yeah, yeah, she did a great job. Um, oh, thank you for that. She, yeah, she, um, she's super talented. Yeah. The other, the other little uh, talking about AI and device and and things. The other day, I saw a little piece about some startup try decide, um, building a mobile phone that only has AI, so no apps. So you just say to it, I want to ring somebody or I want to talk to somebody. Yeah. 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 I think um that's uh that was from CES Rabbit. Uh was the it was a little device with an operating system on it. And then there's also the um AI pin from Humane AI, which I think is interesting as well, which has a laser that uh yes. uses your hand for as the as the screen. And so I think that's fascinating. You know, I um I had a couple of meetings with Apple and and Samsung, who are important partners, and I just said, you know, how are you feeling about you know these companies leapfrogging the device interface and just going, I'm going to live my life, you know, and I go to the fridge and I go add milk to the grocery uh, list, and then when I get to the grocery store, I say grocery list, and it comes up, or order an Uber versus having to tap my phone. So, so all of those things I think are fascinating. Um, the interesting thing for us. You know, and this is a biased view, is regardless of the device, you need data and you need connectivity. And those are two things that uh that we have within um within our industry. Yeah. Um look, I probably know your first answer to this because you've already mentioned it. Um, but apart from 5G, what big developments do you see on the horizon this year for one? Yeah, SpaceX. Yeah. Um that's one. We've also got um something I can't talk too much about coming, which is a big um loyalty program so one of the things that we hear from our customers is uh yeah we want great pricing but also we'd like you to acknowledge that we have a choice and how long we've been with you for so our tenure so um that's something that we've been thinking about a lot because we really want to demonstrate that we actually know how important it is to have uh to you know acknowledge our customers uh, loyalty towards us so that's one thing i'm excited about the team's thinking about now but SpaceX is on the horizon. Um, it's ahead of uh, ahead of schedule. Text launches this year. The voice and data soon after, and um, and the satellites are being uh, successfully launched every week. You know we'll have nearly two thousand up by the end of the year, and then uh, that means that you know you'll be able to keep in touch where and whenever you need to across Aotearoa as long as you can see the sky. So, and that includes twelve nautical miles off the coast of the of New Zealand. And then the other thing about it is, um, so uh, Elon Musk's uh, principle is maximum impact for the maximum number of people. So, as part of the construct, we sign a reciprocal roaming deal with the other telcos that have signed up. And so, when New Zealanders travel to Australia, for example, they'll have access to SpaceX because they're with one, or the states, or you know Canada, which some of the some of the markets that have signed up. So I was saying to someone the other day, it's actually going to be possible for you to get in a boat, sail across to Australia, just with your smartphone in your pocket, and you'll be connected to the um, Starlink uh, satellite to mobile connectivity. So that's 
That's mind blowing. And these are there are eight hundred and fifty k's in lower orbit, traveling at twenty seven thousand kilometers an hour, and there's two thousand building to four thousand, all having to be in sequence with anti collision technology to so they don't crash into each other. And then every six years, those satellites have to be retired, mm. and um, and then another one has to come up into that four thousand satellites in sequence that are traveling at twenty seven thousand k's an hour. Like it's just mind-blowing technology the people behind this and uh, are amazing and how cool is it that you know one new zealand engineers are working with the spacex engineers on trailing this stuff right it's um it's really cool and we want to make sure it's uh it's accessible to all so um people don't need to worry about that uh all of a sudden it's going to be a 50 buck a month price point you know um and in fact our intention is to bundle uh, bundle it into um a lot of our uh, existing plans so uh, we want to make sure that it's accessible. Look, I, re- I do think it's a game changer, um, the the low Earth orbit satellites. So, yeah, cool. Oh, I did just talking about Elon uh, and going back to our hybrid working. I don't know. He was on, the, there was a clip on the radio last night. He's, um, everyone has to go in the office every day of the week for him. Anyway, yeah. let's not talk Elon. He has a different, he has a different view to us on some yeah. things. Yeah. Um, not <laughs> I all. Think so. No. All right, look, we're getting to the end of our conversation, but I'd like you to think broader. You, uh, you know, you made the joke about the digital leader, but you are one of our, you know, one of our leaders. Um, we'd love to see New Zealand being in those sort of top ten digital nations. We're going backwards at the moment, from what I can see. But you know, so what big ideas should we be uh, concentrating on as a nation? I have one. I'm not yeah. sure how easy it's going to be to execute. So I know there are lots of challenges with Aotearoa around health and um, transportation and housing, but for me, the most important one is education, because I think that it's the next generation coming through that will grow the pie for everyone. And what I see at the moment is some uh, some people who have generated wealth through um Land ownership and home ownership over time are resistant to change and worried about this next generation coming through and wanting to innovate and take take more risks that they're comfortable with. But if we don't let them, then uh, we'll be fighting over a greater share of a smaller pie. And we want we want to benefit everyone by growing the pie. And that's why I think to your point, digital innovation, digital success, um, and now actually our historical track record would suggest that it's po- it's possible. So education for me. And I came across an idea many years ago now that I really liked. It was out of Israel where what they did is the universities attracted the best and the brightest entrepreneurs from Israel back into the universities by giving them a shareholding and the ideas that their students came up with or uh, the patents that they created and I think it would be fascinating if that was the case and entrepreneurs who want to, you know, do cool things with cool people, but also create, um, you know, not just wealth, uh, not just benefit for the, for the world, but wealth for themselves. Imagine if they could mentor, lecture, lecture, work side by side with the next generation and the smartest people coming through our universities on digital innovation. And you go to your uni and you have... Michelle Dickinson and Rod Drury and Peter Beck 
lecturing you, working beside you, and there's a value exchange where, of course, I'm going to give away a percentage of my business or my idea because yeah. I wouldn't be as awesome as it could be if I didn't have their um, their guidance. Uh, imagine how attractive New Zealand would be to foreign students coming here to go to university because you get to go to university with some of the best entrepreneurs. Um, and why would why restrict it to just the best New Zealand digital entrepreneurs? Why wouldn't you go like Aotearoa is a fantastic country to mm. live in? Why wouldn't we attract people to come in even for three months or six months? Some of the best minds in the world. So that's an interesting thing for me. Where I wonder if there's an opportunity for us to explode digital innovation by matching our best and brightest young people with the best and brightest around the world and having a value exchange in some way. Um, but it's not a new idea, and that's why I like it, right? Um, one of the things you can try and do is copy and steal with pride, and it's been in Israel for a while. Uh, they have a great track record of innovation. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't have that here. What a great suggestion. I mean, we it was an issue at the board meeting last week about around education and what we we're going to do in that space, so I might steal that one with pride as well. So. Steal it. Steal it. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how easy it would be to execute. Just no, to, I but, don't either. Um, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, over a couple of glasses of wine, you can probably solve the problems of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and finally, look, we can't get away from it. It was on your shirt. I mean, is it the Warriors' year? I think you told me last time it was, but look, last year was so good. Are they going to be able to repeat it? Yeah, they are. Like, it, 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 it was our year last year from my perspective. Um and this year, I'm feeling even even more confident. And the reason I'm feeling confident is because the culture uh, mm -hmm. within the club, yeah. uh, across every team, uh, starting with the CEO, the owner, and uh, and Andrew Webster, yeah, uh, Paul Harris is the captain. You know, they are just great human beings. First of all, um, then they recruit brilliantly. So Kurt Capewell coming uh, from Australia, the way he's been described as the New Zealand Simon Mannering. Or Sir Simon Mannering, as uh, as I as I call him. So, I'm feeling really good, and you know, it's I, I do think it's one of the toughest sporting competitions in the world, which is why we've been there for 30 years, and we've been sponsoring for 25, and um, we haven't got over the line yet. But you know, when you get in that top four, anything can happen, and uh, we had really good finals experience last year that I think will um, position us very, 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 very well for 2024. So, yes, it's our year. Hey, look, it's been so great talking to you again, Jason. Don't do it enough, but uh, great to hear your thoughts around your things have changed um, and what's going on. So um, any last comments you want to make before we close this off? No, no, no. Thanks very much for having me and uh, appreciate uh, everyone's support of One New Zealand. And as always, I'm your personal account manager, jason.paris at one.nz. All righty. Hey, thanks so much, everybody, for listening or watching. This uh, podcast is going to be on every every podcast app you can think of. Um, and on our YouTube channel. So um, thank you, Jason, and uh, kakite anō.